Today we continue in our study in the Gospel of Luke, and today in our study we're going to come to some very sobering verses, really some very serious verses, some very interesting verses concerning believers in the days before Jesus comes again. And so I think these are pertaining to us, very sobering verses about believers in the days before Jesus comes again. Now let me start off this morning by telling you, listen very carefully, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again by his own word, by his own declaration. Jesus is coming again. And I am convinced that it is very soon. I believe that. In fact, I believe Jesus is coming again very soon. In fact, so soon that if we knew how soon it was, I think we would be shocked this morning. I think it would impact us this morning if we knew how soon it was. I truly believe that. Jesus is coming again very soon. Well, in light of that, let me ask you today, and you're going to see how this all fits together. Jesus in power is coming again very soon. In light of that truth, in light of that reality, let me ask you today, are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? You see, we're going to see this morning how imperative it is that in the final days that we would be deeply committed to Jesus Christ, if not crazily committed to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking the question today, are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Now, how would we know? Are you committed to his word? Are you committed to his word? You see, the truth is to follow Christ and to honor Christ and to abide in Christ, you have to know Christ. That's just the logic of it. You have to know Jesus Christ. And the way that we know him is through his word. And so I'm asking you today, are you committed to the word of God, the Bible? Do you read it? And I'm not talking about some verse randomly out of context on Facebook. Do you, do you spend time reading the Word of God? Do, do you study the Word of God? Are you thinking about, are you growing in the Word of God? Do you attempt to, to memorize the Word of God, hiding it in your heart that you might not sin against God? Is the Word of God the standard the plumb line for how you live your life and you, you make your decision to say, well, this has to line up with the word of God. Be very sure in these last days, the person who doesn't know the word of God is going to be caught woefully off guard. It's already happening. Are you committed to his word? Here's another one. Are you committed to his cause? Are you committed to his cause? The, the last words of Jesus on earth, he tells us that we're to go and we're to make disciples. He tells us in that instant that his mission then becomes our mission. Luke 19 says that was to, to seek out and to save that which is lost. That is our purpose. Listen, as a believer, that is your purpose. That is my purpose. Be sure we, we can't be seriously committed to Jesus Christ and not take on his heart and not take on his cause. Are you committed to his mission? Are you committed to his church? 
Are you committed to his church, to the body of Christ? Now, it's not popular to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it today. And I'll just tell you, it is evident in your participation in the life of the church. You see, you, you cannot serve the church. You can't use your gift in the church. You cannot grow through the, the fellowship of the church if you're not consistently participating in the fellowship of the church. And that's not popular to say today. We've got so many things pulling us in all these different directions. Listen, it's in the, the fellowship of the church. Do not forsake the gathering together. It's in the, the gathering of the church that we learn the word of God, that we hear the, the preached word of God. It's in the fellowship of the church as we did today that we, that we praise him and that we worship him. It's in the, the fellowship of the church that we, we come together and we corporately pray to him. We serve him together in the church. We are encouraged in the fellowship of the church. Are you committed to his church? Are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Now, before you say, good grief, this is hard. Man, I didn't need to hear this this morning. I already feel bad enough this morning. I don't need to hear this. We're gonna see today why it matters. Today we're going to continue in some verses and a message that we started last week that was entitled, The Times of the Signs. The Times of the Signs. We're in Luke chapter 21. Today we're going to look at verses 12 through 19. Luke chapter 21. Today verses 12 through 19. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence and the celebration of the word of God. Beginning in verse 12, Jesus is speaking and he says this. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make your, up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourself. For I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful for the fellowship of this church where, where we come and where we're encouraged, where we come and we sing your praises, where we come and hear the truth of your word. I, I pray that this is an act of worship, that you are glorified and known and worshiped through this event this morning, this hour. We come now and I pray as we begin to study your word, I, I pray that in these verses, very, very serious verses, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would convict us, that you would shape us, that you would lead us to stand in the days before you gloriously come again. And that's, that's my prayer, Lord, that, that folks would get saved, that saved folks would grow, and that there would be a people that stand to the glory of the risen Savior until you come again. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. To 
Today we pick up in a conversation that, that started in our verses last week. If you remember there in chapter 21, verse 7, it says that his, his disciples asked him, when will these things happen? What will the, the sign be that they are about to take place? And so they're wanting to know some dates. They're wanting to know some signs that they would know that this event, event is going to occur. Well, remember he takes that question and really he uses it to talk about the time, the days before he comes again. Now, understand the context here. He is, he is just before the cross of Calvary. He is in the last half of his last week. And it, it's interesting that he uses that time. He's very deliberate to use that time to speak of his coming again. Now listen, that is very important. We need to, we need to get that today. We need to understand that today as the church. As Christians, just as we are sure of his death, just as we are sure of his resurrection, we need to be just as sure and just as convinced of his coming again. Be sure and understand that. It needs to be in our vision as Christians. You know what? Jesus is coming again very soon. It needs to be in our, in our thought process as followers of Jesus Christ, as we're planning our lives, as we're leading our lives. Jesus is coming again very soon. Last week, he talks about some of the signs that, that will be evident, that will take place, that will point to his coming. He says, if you remember, there will be false teachers, there will be false messiahs, and those false messiahs will be making false declarations. He says, not only that, there will be wars, and nations will turn upon nation, and, and people's kingdoms will turn on other kingdoms. And there will be the, the absence of peace, and that will be the, the normal thing of the day. There will be war, and there will be rage, and there will be the absence of peace, and that will be the, the normal atmosphere of the day. Not only that, he tells them there will be natural disasters. There will be earthquakes. There's going to be famines. There's going to be miraculous signs that you see in the skies, and he begins the process in those verses of telling them what to expect, what will happen in those days. Now, let me say this again so we're, we're sure of this. This is Jesus saying, This is what will happen in those days. This isn't just a best guess. This isn't, well, it looks like this is going to happen. This is Jesus saying, This is what will happen. This is the reality. In those days. And that brings us to our verses today. Now in our verses today, he's continuing on that thought. But in our verses today, he tells us what will be the fate in those days of his followers. Now you ask the question, why, why should we be committed followers of Jesus Christ? Why should we be deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ? Well, according to Jesus, this will be our fate. This is our reality as his people. Now let's begin this morning by looking at verse 12. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It starts off and it says, but. 
Before, what that means before, before those things take place. And so he's given us a, a listing of things. There's going to be false messiahs and there's going to be false teachings. There's going to be these, these natural disasters. But before those things take place, he says this, they will lay their hands on you. It means that they will seize you. They will, they will grab you. And it says they will persecute you. The Greek word here for persecute means that they will pursue you with haste. That is the literal translation. They will, they will pursue you with haste. It means they're going to they're gonna come for you. They're going to they're gonna be looking and they're going to come for you and they're going to pursue you. They're going to track you down. It says they will deliver you to the synagogues, to the prisons. They're going to bring you to the kings and the governors. Now what that means is they're going to take you to those who hold authority over you. They're going to bring charges against you before those that would hold authority over you. That's what will happen is what Jesus says. Do you watch the news today? Do you see the court cases today? Do you see the baker that can't, that can't deny to make the cakes for that one situation? Do you see what's unfolding today even in America? They will haul you in before the authorities. Do you see what's taking place today? Jesus says, for my name's sake. He says it's because of him. Verse 13. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. And he says here, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be snatched up. You're going to have charges leveled against you. You're going to have charges hurled at you. In verse 13, he says, and it will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. It literally translates, it will turn out to you for a witness. That's what it says in the original language. It will turn out to you for a witness. Now, what it means is this. The suffering of the Christian in these last days is going to give rise to, it's going to give opportunity to the explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The persecution of the Christian in these last days is going to give an opportunity to testify to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now think about that for just a second. It's kind of a crazy system. But think about that for just a second. If the followers of Jesus Christ, if the disciples of Christ had good heaped on them, meaning this, they professed the gospel, they preached the good news, the truth of Jesus Christ, and, and they get good heaped on them. They preach the good news and wealth is heaped on them and stuff and material gain is heaped on them and acclaim and notoriety is heaped on them. Wouldn't you wonder who they were working for? If Jesse DePlantis gets his $56 million jet this week to go with Creflo Dollar's $65 million jet, to go with poor old Kenneth Copeland's $20 million jet, you might be skeptical of who they're working for. But friend, let me tell you, if you find a person who's lost it all, 
You find a person who's gained nothing in their service of Jesus Christ. You find a person who's sacrificed their very breath for the cause of Jesus Christ. And you let that person come before you and tell you, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. The world might sit up and listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The suffering is going to give rise opportunity to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. Verse 14 now. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. Now follow with me. So make up your mind. Why are we going to have to be committed as followers of Jesus Christ? Why do you have to, why do I have to be deeply committed as followers of Jesus Christ? It says, so make up your minds. It means so settle in your minds. Already have it resolved is what it, what it means. Not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. And so listen, why do you have to be deeply committed to Jesus Christ? It's gonna be because you have to prepare beforehand. You have to resolve in your mind beforehand not to prepare to defend yourselves. Now listen, this is a big time misunderstood verse. This is a big time misquoted verse. To defend here, not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. To defend comes from the Greek word apologia. It literally means to speak as to absolve oneself. To speak as to absolve oneself. What it, what it means is to try and smooth it over. To try and explain it away. To try and apologize for it. And so when they come for you, when they aggressively come to seize you, you're not to try and talk your way out of it. You're not to try and use your words to smooth it over. You're not to try to, to appease those who've come for you in aggression, but rather, verse 15, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Utterance means a mouth, a voice. And so he says, I will give you a voice, and then he says, with and wisdom. Talking about Godly wisdom, talking about godly knowledge. Jesus says here, I will, I will give you godly wisdom and then I will give you a voice to express it through. That's what he says. Don't try to explain it away. Don't try to get yourself out of that situation for I'm gonna give you a mouth and I'm gonna give you godly wisdom to speak out of that mouth. Now I want you to see this today. It's a big deal. This is not a call for stupid preaching. This is not a call for unprepared preaching, not at all. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is in, within you. Be prepared to tell the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not a call, and it's not an excuse for stupid preaching. I've, I've walked to pulpits with guys, and they're walking up there, and they'll say, well, God's gonna give me the words. 
No study, no plan. God's, God's going to give me the words. Folks, how does God give us wisdom today? God speaks to us in his Bible, in his word. And so listen to me, we're to be diligent in his word. That's what the Bible says. We're to be a workman approved, a workman. They bring a lunch and they get in and they go to work. We're to be a workman, we're to know it. We're to study it, we're to break it down. The Holy Spirit, yes, he's gonna lead us in that. He's gonna bring it to mind. But in the last days, let me tell you, we do not need more stupid preaching. I hear whole messages today based on people's experiences. Well, God did this, and I saw that, and I felt like this, and then this happened. Whole sermons. I hear whole sermons today, and they're based on good topics. And you know what? Here's how you can get a good job, and here's how you can develop these character traits in yourself. I hear whole sermons on all sorts of things. Listen to me. What we need in the end days is the word of God, the wisdom of God, preached through the mouth, the utterance given by God. We need the word of God. So Jesus says here, go ahead and resolve. Don't try to avoid the confrontation. Don't try to miss the charge, but be ready to speak the word of God. That's what Jesus says. Now listen, he's not talking to preachers there. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers you know what, you're going to get caught off guard somewhere and they're going to come for you and you're not going to have a time to go find somebody that, that, that can help you out of that spot. You're going to need to know the word of God. They're going to come and maybe they're going to say, well, tell us what you meant by this and don't be saying, well, let me explain it away. Speak the word of God, the wisdom of God to us. It's not talking to preachers. It's talking to all believers. Verse 16. A twist here. But... You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death. The result of standing on the truth, the result of speaking out the truth is this. Listen, you will be betrayed. That's, that's what Jesus says here. He says, but you will be betrayed. But you will be betrayed. The result is you're going to be betrayed. This particular word for betrayed here in the Greek is only used one time in the New Testament, and it's in this case. Now, I want you to listen to what the, what the word betrayed means. If you stand for the truth, you're going to be betrayed. Listen to what that means. It literally means handed over, abandoned. Now, in this, in this very specific context, It is done by somebody intimately, personally known to you. That's that's the Greek understanding. And so it's not a stranger. It is a person that is intimately known by you, personally known, involved in you. And it, it literally means this. They are by your side and they remove you from their side. Standing on the truth of God's word, they're going to be by your side and those intimately known to you, they're going to remove you from their side. Parents, brothers, relatives, friends, you're going to become too costly to them. You're going to become too convicting to them. Listen, it comes down to this. You're going to become too inconvenient for them. And so they're going to remove you from their side. They're going to abandon you. It says some of you, they will even 
put to death. Listen, that's talking about the family members. That's talking about the friend. You're gonna become so inconvenient to them that they cannot affiliate with you and some of them, they're gonna put you to death. Verse 17. And you will be hated by all because of my name. It continues on in verse 17. You will be hated by all. Now, the, the Greek word all is the word pos. It means the whole. It means no divisions made. It, it really means all. You will be hated by the whole. You will be, be hated by all. Now, I want you to see the progression that's taking place here. It starts with the haters. It starts with those that are opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 12, they're going to hate you. But it spreads to the family and the friends, those near to you in verse 16. And by verse 17, it is to all people. You're going to be hated, which means abhorred. You're going to be despised by all people. You're going to be so inconvenient to them, so convicting to them. You're going to mess up their comfort so bad that you're going to actually be hated by all people. Today, let me just set the record straight on this. We think about persecution today. We think about being hated today. And, and we say, we think, that's somewhere else. That's not in Vernon, Texas. That's not in Texas. That's not in America. That's, that's somewhere else. That's in Iraq. That's in, that's in Syria. That's in Russia somewhere. We, we think in the Western church today, we think in the American church today, you know what? It's not so bad here in the church. By the grace of God, not us. By the grace of God, we're not persecuted. Not really like that. That's really what we believe today. Did anybody come here today thinking you're gonna be persecuted? We start to say, you know what? You know what? By the grace of God, that's somebody else. <laughs> Friend, you're wrong. I'm afraid it's worse right now. And I'm afraid it's worse right here. And let me just tell you, you stand up and you start to say the word of God is the truth. And the word of the God is the standard in all things. You start to say, this is the word of God. It's living and it's active. You start to proclaim the word of God and you start to see what happens to you. You start to stand up and you start to say, God's word tells us that sin is sin and it's always sin and it's never gonna be right. And you start to say, if God has declared it a sin, it is forever a sin. You start to stand up and say that and you watch what happens to you. You start to stand up today and say, God's word tells us that the home is the foundation that's gonna lead the next generation to Jesus Christ. You start to say marriage is between one woman and one man and it's supposed to last for life and that's the standard God has set. You start to say homosexuality, it's a sin. In fact, all sex outside of marriage is a sin. In fact, living together, it's not the normal thing. It's a disgrace before a holy God. You start to say it's the man's place to lead in his home, to lead spiritually there. You start to say those things and you watch what happens to you. For sure, you start to say there's salvation alone in Jesus Christ and it's by faith in his finished work of the cross and any deviation of that's gonna lead us to miss Jesus. It's gonna lead us to destruction. 
You start to say any other gospel, any deviation from the gospel, a work entered in, whether it's baptism or anything else, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you preach Jesus alone and you start to see what happens to you. Jesus says they can't stand it. Jesus says you convict them too much. Jesus says it's inconvenient for their comfort and so they're gonna be done with you. But in light of that, that's the reality, but in light of that, don't miss this. The last of the verse, Jesus says, all because of my name. Changes everything, doesn't it? All because of my name. You see, it's really all about Jesus. Do you understand that? Is it starting to fit together? That's really all about Jesus. He, he is the one that divides. He, he's the real issue. It's all about Jesus. He's the truth that they will accept or they will reject. It's about Jesus. Either in Jesus you're saved or rejecting Jesus you're lost for eternity. Really, it's all about Jesus and Jesus knows this. And so he says to those folks, it is for his name. Let me tell you something today, dear friend. He is all that we've got anyway. And if I have any hope, it's in Jesus alone. And if I'm honored to carry any name, let me carry the name of Jesus. Doesn't end there. It's going to get better. Listen to verse 18. Jesus speaking. Yet not a hair of your head, listen believer, not a hair of your head will perish. Perish means come to ruin. It means be destroyed. Jesus knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows our fears. He knows that like sheep we get scared. He knows that like sheep, we sometimes get spooked. And so the king of glory, the king of all kings, he says that's the reality, but knowing the fear that wells up in our hearts sometimes, he says, and it's a promise of Jesus, not one hair of your head will come to run. Verse 19. But by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Not yet, not one hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Now, listen to this, hear this. By your endurance, that word means keeping on, your patience. By your keeping on, you will gain, it means you will possess, you will hold on to your life. Now, understand, it's not talking about your salvation. It's not saying by doing this, you're going to keep your salvation. What it means is this. By keeping on, you will hold on to your lives. By keeping on, this is the literal translation, you will make it in safety. That is the promise of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not talking about physically. He's already said some of the folks are going to die. It is talking about the eternal here. Friend, listen, that is the promise of Jesus Christ. Put it all together. Why do we fully commit to Jesus Christ? It is because from Stephen Ford, the reality is in Christ you will lose a lot. 
Oh, believer, understand today, it's gonna cost you to follow Jesus Christ. You will lose a lot. But Jesus says here, you will lose a lot, but you will not lose what matters. You may lose your body, but he's gonna raise you up in an eternal resurrection body. You may lose your reputation, but friend, I wanna tell you, it wasn't that good anyway. He's gonna give you a spotless one. You may lose your family members. You may lose your relationships and your friends, but he's gonna call you son and daughter. And Jesus says, you're gonna lose a lot, but you will not lose that which matters. Secure in Jesus is secure in Jesus. Bottom line is this, listen, it's all about him. It's all about him. If I have any hope, it's him. If we're gonna make it in these last days, it's gonna be in him. He's given us a mission to carry out. People are lost. It's about him. He loves you. He loves us. He died for us in grace. He offers redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He's coming again. We'll spend eternity with him. It is all about him, Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And I, I read these verses. And it's a sobering truth. It's a serious truth, Lord but you taught us to expect it. In fact, it's nothing different than what you experienced. You came as peace, they attacked you with violence. They, they, you came with truth and they called you a lie. You came with life, eternal life, abundant. They nailed you to a cross. It's no different than what you walked through. Lord, I, I pray for a couple things this morning. I pray for some that do not know you. I pray that today they'll understand it's all about Jesus. Any hope, any future, any peace with God is going to be found in Jesus. I pray for, for folks to make decisions, Lord, in this hour. Stir in their hearts in this hour. And then I pray for us as believers in this room today that we would be deeply committed to you. Forgive us where we've been off track. Let us make a new start today, Lord, not in guilt, not in shame, but in great power, let us be deeply committed to you. Let us know your word. Be prepared to tell somebody the, the hope that is within us. And then all of that would be for your glory, your glory. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.